Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. So let's continue. Let's continue this Exodus chapter 32, verses 1, verse 1. Let's start with verse 1, Exodus 32. I want you to read this with me together. We're going to start reading things out loud together. And I want you to start with verse 1 with me in the New King James. Read it with me. It says, Now... When the people saw that Moses delayed coming down from the mountain, the people gathered together to Aaron and said to him, Come, make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. Let's hold that right there. Notice that because they couldn't see or feel God, they reverted back to an old lifestyle or mindset. We're going to show you how in the beginning when God delivers you and sets you free, there is still a growth process to go through. In their case, in their case, they were being tested. They were being tested. And how many of you know that whatever hasn't been tested can't be trusted? And so let's continue reading. Verse 2. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings which are in the ears of your wives, your sons, and your daughters. Bring them to me. Hold that right there. Have you noticed that he was taking, they were taking their wives Did you hear the men mentioned there at any time? Sons, not men, right? But sons, daughters, wives. Now, how be it, the the men probably didn't have jewelry. I'm sure they had rings. They may have even had a nose ring back in that culture. It is the men that are responsible for leading the family. And it's the men who don't protect their families that make them susceptible. Case in point, it was Eve that fell into sin. Adam should have been there protecting her. In this case, the men let their families be taken advantage of. Thank God we have strong men that protect their family and don't allow the enemy to take from them to build false gods in their life. Thank God for strong men. Verse 3 says, So all the people broke off the golden earrings which were in their ears and brought them to Aaron. And he received the gold from their hand. He fashioned it with an engraving tool and made a molded calf. Hmm, Made a molded calf. Now let me finish reading by myself. And it said, Then they said, This is your God, O Israel, that brought you out. Of the land of Egypt. This is your God. They're taking the the glory away from God, giving it to this golden image, and said, This is the God. So when Aaron saw it, he built an altar. Now that they have an image, now he's gonna build a means of worship. And Aaron made a proclamation and said, Tomorrow is the feast of the Lord. Now recognize again the feast of the Lord, capital L. In their mind, they're worshiping a false god, but yet still want to honor the Lord. 
as double-mindedness. They're confused. They're not completely committed, but yet they don't want to do away with God. There are a lot of people that can't let go of the past, but yet still want to worship the Lord. But he wasn't their Lord if they weren't worshiping him. Then they rose early the next day, offered burnt offerings, brought peace offerings, and the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. To play. Shows you their whole character. It shows everything about them. And the Lord said to Moses, go, get down. For your people whom you brought out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. I love how God turned the table on Moses and said, your people, you brought them out. Your people, do you have any people in your life? <laughs> your people, you brought out. They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. And they have made themselves a molded calf and worshiped it and sacrificed to it. And said, this is your God, O Israel, and you brought, that you brought out of the land of Egypt. That brought you out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said to Moses, I have seen these people. Indeed, they are stiff-necked people, hardened hearts. Now, therefore, let me alone. My wrath may burn against them, and I may consume them. And I'll make of you a great nation. All God needs is one. All God needs is one. Here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about today very quickly with God's help how to be set free, transformed to dominate. How to be set free and transformed to dominate. Say it with me. Set free, transformed, dominate. This is what freedom, the gift of freedom does. And we're going to glean from principles. If you have ways to take notes today, take notes. Um, if you don't, just listen to this again. We're going to give, I'm going to be spitting some stuff out today that is going to be, I believe, revelatory, uh, relevant. It's going to be something you can apply. It's going to help your walk with God because once you're free, now we've got a responsibility to be empowered. How many of you want to walk in power and authority? All right. Everyone say, in Jesus' name, bless this message. Amen. You can be seated. God bless you. Thank you for standing. I'm going to give you a slide to begin with. Let's just start off right now. I want to show you this, and yes, I made this slide. Thank you. I know it's cheesy, but it works. Egypt. Everyone say Egypt. Egypt's where God brought us out of and where God brought us from. It was a type of a place of custom culture and lifestyle of worshiping false gods. It was a place where, where you were literally forced to serve and be a slave. This is where, where the scripture references that we once were children of disobedience, slaves to sin. This is the type of in the Old Testament. The one thing that will help your walk with God is you realize that everything that was in the Old Testament and is there was written to help us under a new covenant. Help us under a new covenant. I, I've taught this to people, and I've said this to them. If you can see my hand, uh, the shadow on my, the light coming down right here, there's a shadow of my hand on my notebook. That, that's the Old Testament. But if you see now my hands come on that, that's the fulfillment, and that's the New Testament. The Old Testament was a type of shadow to teach us about 
what was coming. And what was coming and who was coming was the reigning king and his covenant with his people. So understand this. This is why the disciples, when they spent 40 days with Jesus, he explained to them everything that the law of Moses, the Psalms, and the prophets wrote concerning him. Look it up at Luke chapter 24, 45. This is nothing more, nothing less than a type of outline and strategy that was meant for us. Last week, Pastor Caleb talked about this And he talked about how God sent the plagues to set them free. He talked about the different types of plagues. One of those plagues that were sent was there to defeat a false god in the image of a cow. No wonder. And it had to do with the meat and eating. What was it that they were struggling with in the wilderness? It was their hunger. And so in order to suffice that hunger, they made a golden calf. They tried to worship and revert back to something they learned in Egypt. Something they learned about in Egypt. It is very common, no matter how sanctified you think you may be, or religious, or disciplined, to not be delivered from old mindsets. It is very easy to revert back to what you were dependent on. The biggest challenge for Israel was to do without and trust God in that moment. God would not keep them there. God was trying to help them develop there. God brought them out of Egypt into the wilderness. God brought them out. The wilderness, so Egypt was a type of sin if you look on the bottom part of that that right there on the bottom bar. But the wilderness was the place of conversion, transformation. The only way you can be fully converted is to repent of an old mindset, old actions, and sins, which is body, soul, and spirit, actions, sins, and sins of the flesh, sins of the soul, and sins of the spirit. What you worship. You have to renounce those things if you want to be free from those things. And you can't be afraid to be free. A lot of people are afraid to be free because they don't want to come face to face with demonic oppression, spirits, or trouble, or the enemy. They would rather sit back, stay in bondage, and live life. And live life. We are dealing right now, and I'm going to be very blunt right now and deal with the real issues of the culture and what most people are turning a blind eye to right now. Because if we don't help you recognize it, it will slip into your family. And when you see that it works, you're going to worship a false god. Right now, this culture is trying to teach children... Witchcraft, old things from Egypt, these things are not new. These things are old. Those spirits have been around for a very, very long time. When you see a psychic medium 
functioning on television or YouTube or wherever you're seeing this, that is not the person that died they're talking to. That is what you call a familiar spirit that was with them while that person was alive that took on their, they're mimicking them. They were influencing them. So this is where the sins of the father can be passed on to the next generation whenever the familiar spirit that never died is still there, doesn't have a body, but goes to the children next because daddy never dealt with them. Our mama never dealt with that spirit. But I'm thankful that I'm a part of a church and a group of people that believe that Jesus has broke every curse in our life and that Jesus reigns in our family and the curse stopped with me. My children will not have to deal with my demons. My demons have been done away with, are being done away with, and God is conquering them. But the biggest, biggest benefit that I can give is to go through a conversion state. Being delivered and being converted are two different things. There's a lot of people that want power, but they don't want to go through the conversion process. Being converted is having the ability to trust God when you don't see him, when you don't feel him, when you're being attacked, when you're hungry, when you are having more, <laughs> when you've got more bills than paychecks, when you're tithing and you still have bill collectors calling you and you're like, Lord, where's the good of the land and where are the miracles? Let me help you with money. Stop looking at money as your master. Start looking at it as a tool, as a servant. And start sowing into the kingdom for your heart's sake that it can be softened and God can trust you with more. Because money is another means of worship to God. God doesn't need your money. God needs your heart. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But the spirit of greed will reside there if you don't relinquish control to God. So tithing and offerings a type of worship to release your heart. It is worship. Someone say it's worship. Promotion in your life and having rec being recognized in your life comes with a responsibility called servanthood. A title or position is nothing more than the identity to know where you're serving. In the world's mindset and status, it's about being feared and recognized and respected. Or how many followers you have on social media. How many people are liking and sharing, right? We have got this all wrong. Because now... If you're not careful, you'll try to convert an old system into a new covenant with a new system that requires humility. The fear of the Lord, not the fear of men. A grace. And in order to be converted to that, instead of reverting back to old things, are trusting 
systems even that you did not experience, but other people from your past are that come to you and say, hey, try this, it works. You have to have enough discernment in your life to say, that's not God. I'm not going to follow it. I'm not going to do it. My son told you the story just recently. Pastor Caleb told you the story about his little friend that came over to the house that was teaching him how to do tarot cards. God, how many years ago was that? How old were you? Nine years old. Nine years old. And it made its way into your pastor's house through his children. If you didn't hear the story, my son loves people and he made friends with everybody. He invited a little boy to the house who was our neighbor down the road. And he said, let me show you this card trick. And he brought out tarot cards and started to read his future. And I walked in. I thought they were playing Uno. <laughs> so stupid. I thought. And, 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 and I looked closer and I said, what are you boys doing? I said, we don't do that here, dude. And I had him pick it up, put it up, put the deck up, put it up, and skedaddle. But you think that if it won't make it to my house, it's not making it to yours? I'm not anybody special. Your children and people are being influenced right now in so many different ways. I know of people that are being called right now and say, saying, I have no more financial trouble because I started doing readings and my money problems are gone. And I'm being known. Doesn't that sound like Jesus when the devil took him into the wilderness, by the way? The spirit led him into the wilderness and said, if you'll worship me, I'll give you all this in the kingdoms of the earth. So in case you didn't know it, there are people that are selling out for an easy way to get money, to get known, and it's pride. I don't know why I'm saying all of this because this isn't in my notes, but I want someone to know here and understand there is a price that comes with selling your soul and selling out. You think it's free. It's not free. Salvation is free. Jesus is free. But the other, you have to pay a price at the end. The higher you go in that system, the more you have to give up and pay. And you do the study on it. But I'm telling you, in the kingdom of God, the highest price has already been paid. Come eat and drink him, that, him, him or she that is without money. That's what the scripture says. You that are without money, come and eat and drink. Come and taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Appetite is the transformation that takes place in the wilderness. Appetite, where your affections lie, where your trust lies. Their biggest challenge in the wilderness was food and, and security, which is what we deal with today. But if you can learn to trust God, no matter what comes your way, you'll walk out with power because he can trust you.
Every believer has to be tested before they can be trusted. And even the Spirit of God will allow you to take a path where you can be tested because God has a future for you. The scripture says that even after Jesus came out of the wilderness, he came out with power after the angels ministered to him because he could be trusted. And what was the biggest challenge there in the wilderness for him? If you are the Son of God, if you're the Son of God, do this. Make these stones turn into bread. And he used the word of God. In the wilderness, you must, you must let your mind be transformed. Number one, I want to tell you, when God brings you out, God brings you out with the sense of responsibility. Number one, be responsible with your freedom. Be responsible with your freedom. When God sets us free, when you feel free, don't think you have now have a license to do whatever you want. You are literally called to serve the Lord. You are literally called to serve him, worship him, and make him number one. You used to be a slave to sin. All of us. I wasn't raised in church. I shouldn't be here right now. My children shouldn't be on the front row. I shouldn't be here. But I was a slave. God brought me out of Egypt. And he set me free. But now I have the responsibility of being converted by the Spirit of God. So it was the blood that brought him out of Egypt. Then it was the next thing God did. He took him through the Red Sea, which was a type of baptism. Then he put him in the wilderness, and it wasn't any coincidence that it was called the Red Sea because the blood washes our sins away. And then he put him in the wilderness where he established the tabernacle, the Spirit of God. When God gives you his Spirit, it doesn't mean that you are completely converted. Now you have to let the soul be trained. The spirit man be trained. This is why you have to recognize that when you first get saved, if you ever wondered why things start going, you start seeing miracles. I mean, manna comes, water from the rock comes, Egyptians are taken care of. Yeah, I'm still hungry. I'm not living off the good of the land. I'm bored. Something's not right. It's the waiting process of development. Now you have to be discipled by the Holy Ghost. Now you have to be transformed by the Spirit of God and the Word of God. It's a process. And you can be, watch this, like the children of Israel, you can be in church for 40 years yet never be changed. I know people that have been in church for a long time and still have the same problems. Not in this church, of course. I, I'd never give anybody up in this church. I'm just saying. If you don't think it's possible, look at the Bible. They were there for 40 years. And then that old generation had to die off and the new generation had to go in. Because of old mindsets. Be responsible with your freedom. Watch this. Galatians chapter 5 says it like this. For you have been called to live in freedom. Someone say it with me, freedom. freedom. Say, I have been set free. Now, you've been called to live in that freedom. 
Let's stop there just for a moment. Think about what I just said. We have been called to live in that freedom. Live life free. There are Christians that are so unhappy because they have never learned to live in freedom. The Israelites weren't happy because they didn't understand freedom because in bondage, all of their lust and their desires were met even in bondage. But under freedom, there had to be a conversion to trust God and eat bread that had no flavor, no gluten in it. Right? So they reverted back to old worship, yet tried to honor God. You cannot do both. You cannot do both. So listen to this. You have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Just because you're free and it feels good doesn't mean you do whatever. Right? Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. In other words, get rid of selfishness and learn to love and pour into others. The source of sin, write this down if you have notes, the source of your sin is selfishness. Selfishness is the source of your sinful nature. This is so important to understand. I've heard people in interviews personally who have said, and this is back in the 90s, that satanic worship is not the worship of Satan more than it is the worship of self. When you worship yourself, you are worshiping the spirits that are putting the desires inside of you and you're honoring that. When you worship God and led by God, you are obedient to the Spirit of God inside of you, and it's called worship, honor, reverence, same thing. But when you don't feel God, don't know where he's at, he's trouble happening, we think God has left us. We think we're doing wrong. We think that God isn't in control. But maybe it's God testing us, looking back, going, I wonder what they're going to do. I wonder if they'll trust my word, and I wonder if they'll keep praying. I wonder if they'll keep pursuing after me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share something with you so you understand how this works. For the past two days, I haven't felt God like I normally do. I haven't sinned. I haven't done nothing wrong. I, I, but I kept my prayer life and still sang songs, put a smile on my face, know that he's going to be there. And everything was there. And when I got to church, the anointing hit me in my responsibilities. And I think it was, it was simply a test of maturity. Can you continually bless God at all times and let his praise be in your mouth when things aren't going good and you can't feel him? I'm just asking. I'm just asking because, you see, we have to be real as pastors and help you understand that it's not always under the anointing. The anointing comes when there's a responsibility, and the anointing comes when God called you and assigned you for prayer and assignments. 
But outside of that, it's relational, and God wants to see where your loyalties lie. Your loyalties must lie in him, and when you cannot forget, you've been set free. You have been set free, and when you don't feel him, it's not opportunity to sin. Sin is what demons wait for for them to occupy you. Occupy your mind, occupy and oppress you, stick around. If you want to get rid of the devil, renounce sin, repent of it, and start worshiping the Lord. It's that simple. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting, devouring one another, watch out, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what is sinful in nature. In other words, when you allow yourself to be poured out and giving to others, you create a flow and you grow in love. How else do you develop love in your life? And if love conquers all sin and there is no law with love, you're free. You're free when you live in love and you stay free by walking in love, one for another. Love, listen to what the commandment said. Love your neighbor as yourself. Selflessness. Prefer someone else to have what you normally do for yourself. Treat them better. Focus. Let the love of God begin to flow. Love people. They're going to hurt you still. They're not going to be loyal to you, but they're not supposed to. They're supposed to be loyal to God. And if you can love them and bless them and God get the credit for it, you have done your job and you're going to feel satisfied and your reward comes from the Lord. And here's part of your reward. You grow in that love. And it satisfies you. And it protects you. And when you've got the love of God, you can come toe-to-toe with the devil. And there's no room for him to tempt you and push you back. Because God said he's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. You're stable. You're stable in the spirit because you're grounded and rooted in love. That's where the power of God comes from. So I say, let the Spirit guide your life. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves, natural uh, nature craves. The, the sinful nature wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of the, what the Spirit wants. You can live this life by simply loving on God. You can live the life. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Can I read that again? The Spirit gives us desires. Everybody, I'm just going to throw this in there. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs to be speaking in tongues. If you don't understand that, Sign up for a Saturday night workshop. I'll be happy to explain it to you because I'm going to tell you, without the power of God and the Spirit of God in your life, you are no match for sin. I didn't say the devil. The devil's not your problem. The devil is just a cohort looking for an entrance. He's a thief that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the Holy Ghost comes and seals you puts 
bars in your entrance of your he, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God on you and in you and flowing through you, how can anything dirty come in when you got something so good coming out? There is absolutely nothing wrong or old-fashioned about being filled with the Holy Ghost. There is absolutely nothing old-fashioned and old-timey about always listening to worship music, anointed music, watching clean things. There's nothing wrong with that. But there is power in loving and worshiping the Lord. And I know people that have an anointing in their life because they're consecrated. They belong to the Lord and they worship Him and they don't revert back to old lifestyle and old habits, but these are people that God has brought out of darkness in his marvelous light, into his marvelous light. Anybody here today? Are there anybody, is there anyone here right now that understands it's far better to be in love with God and be consecrated and live holy does anybody believe that anymore? I know you do. It's easy. If you love him, you're faithful to him, period. If you love him, it's because you know what he brought you out. It's funny how the children of Israel sang a song coming out, the song of freedom, coming out of Egypt. But when they had to face their first problem, they went back to worshiping a cow. Like, what? A cow? Right? That's almost like being on a fast and, and, and getting a, uh, uh, having, problem, having a problem right after church and going straight to Golden Corral. I'm just saying. We're funny like that. No, but I forget. I'm not praying anymore. This don't work. What's the use? Don't give up. <laughs> you can't throw in the towel after the first argument. You can't throw in the towel under the first problem you've got. I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't not give up. Keep going. You're going to pass the test. You're going to be converted. Your mind is going to be transformed. You're, you're going to begin to see. Look, here's the second thing. I got to keep going. I got to go. I got to go. Point number two, disciple your mind. Discipline your mind. Discipline your mind. Your mind has to be fixed on the Lord. This is why the Lord gave them commandments in the wilderness and worship for their minds, for their minds. I'm going to read you Ephesians chapter 4. Watch this. Ephesians chapter 4 says this. Their minds were full of darkness. They wandered far from the life of God from the life God gives because they closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lust, lustful pleasures and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ or the anointing. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off the old sinful nature. In other words, don't go back to Egypt. Your former way of life, don't revert back to the easy way. It doesn't matter who comes and tries to persuade you differently, which is corrupt by lust and deceit. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitude. Let the Spirit 
renew your thoughts and attitude. Here's the key to growth. When your attitude is bad, stop, pray, ask the Lord to fix it. Repent of it. Recognize it. Pride will talk you out of it. Pride and arrogance will cause. Look, everybody deals with pride. It is our responsibility to damper it and not feed it and not allow it. Pride will talk you out of any problem and help, and it will make you think it's not your fault. You have nothing to do with it. This is just life. It blames everybody else but itself. Pride is deceitful. But when you can stop, humble yourselves, there is a grace that God gives you. Try it. Try it. Next time you deal with the problem, next time you have a bad attitude, next time you feel indifferent, why don't you stop and just say, Lord Jesus, help me today. Lord Jesus, I just take your word and where it says that your spirit will help me and teach me. I lean on you right now for that. I depend on you right now. I want to pass the test. I want to mature. I want to grow. I want to develop so I can be entrusted. Go back to the chart just for a moment. Let me show you the ultimate goal that God had for for the children of Israel. Can you throw up that chart one more time, please, guys? Ultimately, what God wanted to do, he wanted to bring them to the promised land, which was a place of maturity. In the promised land, it's where you and I exercise authority. In the wilderness, you are entrusted by God to follow him and stay faithful. And when God knows whether something good happens or something bad happens, you're consistent with him. He can trust you. I'm going to say this to somebody, and I want you to hear. You have to be faithful with God when the blessings come, and you have to be faithful with God when you're not being blessed. Because sometimes blessings will put a damper on your prayer life and you think you've arrived and your prayers are being answered and therefore you stop. It's deception. Don't don't fall for it. Don't fall for the, oh, we're living in the good of the land now. I think I'll take a break. You haven't found a true relationship with God. If that's your mentality, then you're not in love with him yet. You don't know him. You're just following him for the blessing. You're following him for the reward when he is your reward. Hear me out. Please understand that these are the very fundamentals of having authority and power and maturing. Because this is what is fixing to happen. This is where God's trying to take you. When you have disciplined your mind and you have allowed the spirit of God to transform your mind by the word of God, by worshiping God and staying faithful to God, you have stability. You have stability. This was a type of development for the church, for us to learn from. Now, the promised land was given to the children of Israel, and this is where they would point number three, and the last one is exercise your authority. This is where they exercise the authority. This is where now they were given land. 
keep in mind, they're in bondage. They're, they're, they're under Egypt's taskmasters. They're being fed flesh. They're getting fed what they want, yet being suppressed at the same time. It's funny how appetite will make you blind to bondage and even restrictions in your life. There is so much more that God has. When you've learned how to let the Lord transform you and be faithful and not be moved by success or problems and keep a constant in your life, you're going to see authority come in. You're going to see the authority of God where God can trust you with authority through consistency. Through consistency of worshiping him, God knows like a good warrior, a good warrior will see an arrow, even let his shield be hit by one, may even get struck by one and never stop moving. Like a good warrior, God is always there, guys. God is always there. God is always there with you. And if God be for you, who can be against you? And when one thing hits you, it doesn't stop your heart from moving forward. Your body will follow. And God knows he can trust you. He's like, there's a guy right there. A, a man after my own heart. Like David. David did not back down from a fight. It didn't matter what came at him. It didn't matter how big they were, how ferocious the animals were. David knew. No matter what, I'm not stopping. No matter what, I'm not slowing down. That's what some of you should confess right now. No matter what, devil, no matter what problems, I'm going to worship the Lord. I'm going to put him first. You're going to be gone one day. You're going to be gone soon, and you're going to be under my feet, and you're going to be under my authority. But right now, until then, here I go. Me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord and put him first. But there's going to be an anointing come in my life. That's going to cause me to have the right words. That's going to cause me to exercise my faith. And you're coming down. Exercise your authority. Why? Why has God got to take you through the process? A lot of people want to bypass the wilderness, go straight to the promised land, and that's where they fail. They fail. I have seen it time and time again, guys. I've seen it in ministries. In ministry, everyone thinks that this is ministry right here. If you think this is ministry, you've been taught wrong. Trust me, you don't want to hold this thing if you don't have to. You don't want it. There's a lot that comes with this. A lot. That is ministry is the area of everyone's a minister, first of all. But you got to be called and assigned and stay under your covering and stay under your assignment and stay in your position. That is nothing more than an identity to serve. When you have learned to have a servant's heart and you have learned to serve in any position that God will allow you to serve in and be faithful with that, through your consistency comes promotion. Through consistency comes promotion. But God will not promote you to a new place you can't handle and don't have the authority to conquer the devils that are there. The anointing in David's life came at a time when he was ready to face Goliath. Without that anointing, he could have never 
ever have been able to defeat him. But there was a struggle with the lion and the bear that had to test him before he could ever grow to that next level. Your responsibility. Why did God, why does God do this? Here's why. I'm closing with this. Exodus 3, 6 and 8. Listen to what God said to Moses. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard the cries of their distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. God knows. He sees everything. So I have come down to rescue them from the power, everyone say power, from the power of the Egyptians. The devil does have power. He can even make you rich. But you got to worship him, compromise, and at the end of the day, you lose your soul. Let's make it clear, every young person... I want every young person under my voice to hear me right now. The worst thing you can do is listen to music that worships evil. It, it is a gateway for influence in your life that will completely desensitize you from the Holy Ghost. And there will be compromise and things that will come if you don't abstain from that. There are alternatives, by the way. But I want you to know that it's the little things that everyone else is doing that seems to be okay. But you're not like everybody else. You're not like everybody else. You're called. You're chosen. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, and God has an anointing for you. God came and delivered them from the power of the Egyptians, led them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. That sounds good, doesn't it? Here's the catch. It's the land where the Canaanites live, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. I'm giving you land but you're going to have to have a walk with me and know how to exercise your authority to drive them out. The next stage of your growth and development to stay free and to be free and to embrace the gift of freedom is learning how to walk in your authority. Because once you have been consistent and the Holy Ghost has developed you, you've got the Word of God, God will give you revelation, understanding, and tactics of war. And teach you how to step in to your domain, your promise. I believe the promised land is given to everyone, and it's the inhabitants in it that you need to face. There are spirits, familiar spirits, dark spirits, spirits of darkness, principalities, powers that be that are going to stop you from advancing in your life. But when you have been tested and you're anointed and you have a word in your mouth and there's fire coming out of your spirit because you let the Lord light your candle. 
and you can hear the word of God and you can see with the eyes of understanding and you can discern right from wrong and you can walk in the power of God and in the fear of God, you're not walking in darkness. You're walking in his marvelous light and you're stepping into new territory with advanced, advanced technology that God can trust you with. Because whether you win or lose, you're constant. You keep him first. You keep him number one. You develop and you grow. There, is, there are spirits and there are being used. There are people being used by spirits that God wants to remove out of your way to advance wherever he has placed you in life. The secret to advancing the kingdom is dominating by having an intimate relationship with the king. That simple. Some people talk about pray, praying and some people do it. Anyone who gets around you more and that's all they talk about, they don't pray. I'm going to tell you straight up right now. I have taught my kids about it and I have to talk about it every so often to teach, but I am not going to go tell everybody, whoo, just been in prayer all day, baby. Just soak it in the presence of God. I'm not praying. If you ever hear me bragging like that, I'm not praying. People who pray are all ears, less mouth. But when they open their mouth at the right time, there's power that comes out. What do you <laughs> turn to somebody and tell them, why do you think God gave you those two big ears, right? Why do you think God gave you two ears to listen? Speak to what you see in front of you. God didn't put the mouth in back. God didn't put your eyes in the back. He put both in the front to be directive. You speak to what you see. You speak to what you see. And unless you have the eyes of understanding, you can't speak correctly. You can't decipher friend from foe. Jesus had authority, and he knew how to release it according to the issue. He knew when to release resurrection power for Lazarus. He knew when to release healing and deliverance. He knew when to speak to demonic spirits. He knew how to release every bit of authority and power because he had spiritual insight and understanding and he understood the counsel of God. How many of you are catching what I'm saying to you right now? You're in the training process. Come on, Haley. You're in the training process. You're in the development stages. Why are you going to rush it? Let God develop you. Learn how to be consistent. Learn how to do it out of worship, not for a message or a song. <laughs> Learn how to go to him and go just because he is the king of your life. Learn how to worship and stop, not because he's got your fridge full of food, not because you drive a nice car or live in a nice home. Worship him because he forgave you of your sins and he's blessed you and he's loved you and he's going to do something in your life for the generations to come. Freedom, freedom. Freedom is what it's all about. How many of you are free here today? You feel free in your spirit. I conclude with this as you stand to your feet. The greatest authority you have in, is in the name of Jesus. But let me tell you where you get the revelation of the name of Jesus. It's in the wilderness. Did you, did you catch that? 
Where do you think you get revelation and learn how to use the name of Jesus? It's in your wilderness. When you begin to function and trust him, he gives you understanding of provision and protection and warring in the wilderness. On this side of Jordan, they still had to fight some battles. It was a test for them going across Jordan. And that's where they learned the art and the skill of warring was in the wilderness through a generation who had faith to know God can. Why? Because they heard the stories of how God delivered them from Egypt. They heard the stories of how God brought them through the Red Sea. They heard the stories and saw the manna falling from the sky. And because one generation heard all the good things and saw the good things, and the other generation saw and felt the benefits. See, that was the difference. Israel, the former generation that was there for 40 years, had Egypt still in their heart. The new generation didn't have it in their heart, and all they heard was the testimonies and the good things. They had faith. God was waiting for a new generation. But you know, under the new covenant, he regenerates us, and we're born again a new place and what you see is the outcome of what God can do when you can get to a place where you trust God where all you see is what God can do not what the enemy is doing I promise you, you're going to win you're going to win you're going to win and you're going to learn that when you say the name of that wonderful name of Jesus you'll say it with authority adoration and affection that it's anointed when you speak it that's where the power comes because you have been intimate with him and you respect the name. I'm going to give you some scriptures. You can take a picture with your photo uh, on your phone. The scriptures, this is, you can take these home and you can read them and study them. And this is for further study into what we just talked about, about the name of Jesus. These are all scriptures that will help you understand the authority of the name of Jesus. Read them, study them, look at them. If you don't have your phone, and you can go on the app. My notes are on there. You can every, By the way, every Sunday, our notes are downloadable on the app. So here's what I want you to do right now. The gift of freedom requires a willingness to learn and to grow and be consistent. If you talk about deliverance but are not delivering anybody, you need to grow in the wilderness. If you talk about healing and haven't healed anybody by the name of Jesus, then you have to grow and develop. It's a regular thing. It's a normal thing. There's a process you have to go through. Because we can speak, anyone can speak the word of God, but if there isn't demonstration to follow, you have religion, not relationship. All of us should be able to function at that level. And we are going to. That's where we're going. We are all going to a place where God is going to raise us up together. And we're going to function at that level. And it's going to be done out of love. It's going to be done with wisdom, understanding. And you're going to see your whole family set free from generational curses and spirits. And you're going to see your loved ones come to church. And you're going to be able to pray and break every barrier in the spirit. 
and get them out of prison. Open the prison doors to them that are bound, and they're going to walk out of their prisons. This is the victory that God has for us. This is the year of jubilee that God is bringing to us. Will you just lift up your hands and say, Lord Jesus, help me go through. Help me grow. Help me grow through the process. Help me comply. Remember, let me revert back to old mindsets. Don't let me be tempted. Don't let me, God, succumb. Don't let me fall away. Don't. I pray right now, we just focus on the relationship. I trust you, oh God. I trust you, oh God. If you're in this building right now and, and you've not given your life to the Lord, repent of your sins for his name's sake. Just repent of your sins and say, Lord, forgive me of my sins and my wrong. And just begin to ask him to come into your life, to come into your life. Say yes to Jesus today. Say yes to Jesus right now if that's you. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for those online and those that are here. That let there be a spirit, God, of consistency. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I break and loose them, dear God. I loose them, dear God, from inconsistency, from the spirit of slumber, from slothfulness. Now, right now, right now, in the name of Jesus, I speak against every opposition that comes against your people, and we release the authority in the name of Jesus, break every chain, loose every person here. Come on, lift up your hands. If you're in agreement with this, somebody say, I'm free. Somebody say, I'm free. Somebody say, I'm free. Come on, agree with the Lord. Agree with the word of God. I'm free. And we bind every spirit, God, and put them in shackles and put them in chains and say, leave God's people alone. Go in the name of Jesus. Be bound in the name of Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Spirit of complacency. Spirits of lust. Spirits of fornication and adultery. Spirit of lying. Spirit of slothfulness. Spirit of lying right now. In the name of Jesus, I come against you by the authority of King Jesus right now. The scepter of righteousness right now be extended over you now power and authority and fire be released in this place somebody somebody call on that name right now somebody call on the name of jesus right now somebody say i'm gonna walk with him i'm gonna talk with him i'm gonna worship him nothing's gonna stop me nothing's gonna stop me I'm going to be consistent every day, and I'm not going to do it out of routine. I'm going to do it out of affection. I'm going to do it out of relationship. I'm going to do it and pursue after God, and I'm going to have an anointing in my life. Come on, somebody praise him. Somebody praise him right now. Somebody praise him. Say it out loud. I give you my life. I give you my life. I give you my faith. I give you my trust. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.